Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Monday, June 19th. It's five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, if you, r- if you r- missed the last segment, Drake for America was in here in the studio. He brought a little libation with him <laughs> so that we could toast. And Kevin, Kevin of all people, is like, where to go? I want more of that. Give me more of that good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to stumble into Hammer's office here next break. <laughs> Mild-mannered Kev threw uh-huh. one of those shots down. It's like, hey, is there, uh, is there any more of that left? more of that? Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, there's plenty. Yeah, uh, uh, where's it at? <laughs> <laughs> It's in Hammer's office. So, oh. real, real quick, so Drake and his wife are were here, and they're expecting a baby, mm-hmm. and it had been a very long journey for them to be able to conceive. Yeah. And, um, you know, look, my wife and I were fortunate enough that pretty quick we were able to conceive, and um, but I've learned so much about pregnancy throughout this year-long journey. And what you realize is, especially in the, and I feel like an idiot now, but you're just going about minding your own business, living your own life. You you don't realize how many people do have trouble conceiving. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that if you do. And one of the things I think with him coming in here and we're celebrating his, his baby and the baby shower and things of that nature, and they've been great friends of the station forever. But one of the things I was glad he was willing to talk about was the journey that they've gone through. And it's okay to ask for help. It's absolutely, it doesn't make you less of a man or her less of a, a woman to say, look, we're having these issues and we need help with this process. Casey, I have, I have a friend um, and he, he's posted about it publicly. I won't say his name, but he's posted about it publicly that he and his wife went through multiple miscarriages very quickly in their pregnancy and uh they went to a, a clinic that helped them and mm-hmm. just the other day they finally had they were like four miscarriages in six months or something it was yeah. terrible and it's heartbreaking and, and they were then it was just a an issue with uh, i think in their case it was some blood clotting issue and they mm-hmm. were able to take care of it and they have a very healthy happy baby so if you're having trouble it, don't hesitate to ask it doesn't make you less of a person, you less of a man, him less of a, of a woman, because we need more life in this world. Mm-hmm. And we need more people who value life to have children because we don't have enough of that right now. So um, I hope that maybe will serve as an inspiration to people. I know, and again, I'm not saying anything he hasn't talked about publicly. Micah and his wife went through a long journey and they now have two beautiful kids. So just there's a lot more people out there than you then you know that are struggling with this and i hope that maybe that will serve as an inspiration to people you know i I, one of the things i learned in this journey casey is that and again just stupid idiot guy roaming through the world 80 percent of women have had a miscarriage at some point it's it's a like a staggering number Mm -hmm. that you go no that can't be right Mm -hmm. and then you know you sit down and talk with people about it and what's involved in it and so please don't give up if you're trying Keep going. Yep. 
if you need help, mm-hmm. ask. There's absolutely nothing wrong because we need more people who are promoting life to bring life into this world. Absolutely. And I've long, I, well, I shared a story with me with my pregnancy issues that I had, and that's kind of what changed my view. Not really changed my view, but m- solidified my view on life and pregnancy and the issues that I had. And when I, w- at one point, was at a high-risk pregnancy doctor visit, and he said, you know, you can get pregnant, but you can't be pregnant, and you're going to face a lot of problems if you become pregnant again, and it could be all the way up to needing a heart transplant. And he very flippantly looked at me and said, but I'm sure you'll go ahead and get pregnant again, knowing that we're going to have to terminate that pregnancy. And I knew that that wasn't a path that I went down. So I took other precautions, but, um, a lot of people struggle with different ways, getting pregnant, being pregnant. Uh, having a baby is no small feat. It's, no. It's, it's not just, I mean, yes, it's been happening for thousands of years, but it, it, it does take a toll on a woman's body. And so we really hope, you know, Gabrielle and Drake's wife, you guys will just fly through with no problems. That is our, our prayer and wish for both of you. I know, and I don't know how it was for you, but throughout the course of this pregnancy, on multiple occasions, I have stopped myself because it is, right? And Matt Hiblin, our boss, told me this very early on. He said, you will obsess and fret over everything with this first one. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, you won't think a thing about it because it's all things you haven't experienced sure. before. You're new at everything. And multiple times throughout the last nine months, I've stopped and said, how are there... You think about the amount of births that there have been Mm -hmm. in human history, right? Mm -hmm. So clearly people have done this, and they've done this way before technology was what it was now to to help people. But you sit there and go, wow, this this is really stressful. Yes, yes, it's it really is a big deal, isn't it? I'm, welcome to the party. I mean, you think about the olden days where Fran had twelve children. Mm-hmm. Fran deserves some sort of Sagamore of the Wabash or Congressional Medal of Freedom yes. Yes. or something because yes. now having gone through it, it is. Uh, and look, my, my wife is much younger than I am, but it's like, holy smokes! I mean, even if you start at 19, if you've had 12, 13 kids like they used to do in the olden days, mm-hmm. you're in your mid to late 30s. Even if you're shooting out one a year yeah absolutely you know and there are times when we've been on the air and i know you do it jokingly you're trying to give me a little rib and you say oh well that's such a mom thing to say and i know you're joking um yeah i'm a mom and damn proud of it because it's a great great thing to be yeah it's 11 minutes after 11 you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc so let's talk about what's going on with joe rogan he challenged this vaccine researcher dr peter hotez to debate robert kennedy jr and this is after dr peter hotez he criticized robert kennedy jr and now joe rogan has said i will donate one hundred thousand dollars to a charity of the doctor's choosing if the two appear together and debate vaccines and so far he has not taken him up on the Isn't offer. Isn't this amazing how many times when you do the put up or shut up to people who have no leg to stand on, they just shut up? Well, they're coming from two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? You've got one side, this Dr. Peter Hotez, who is a vaccine researcher, runs a lab. And then you've got Robert Kennedy Jr., who 
is anti-vax. Yeah, but he, but this guy essentially makes money getting vaccines into the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he, he essentially makes vaccines money getting vaccines into the market. He has a financial interest in in doing that, whether directly, indirectly, whatever. He's invested in people going, yeah, I should totally take that take that vaccine and not questioning the efficacy of vaccines. I think it would be really interesting to hear the two of them. But this Peter, Dr. Peter Hotez, he's saying that ever since then, he's he's almost going into hiding a little bit because he has tweeted out stuff that he has since deleted. Uh-huh. He's not going to his mailbox uh-huh. as often, all of the things. But here's Joe Rogan. They're talking about vaccines, but then they get off on kind of a tangent about diet and exercise and vitamins and joe rogan is really questioning the guy because if you haven't seen him he he doesn't look like he's he doesn't look like he works out we'll just put it like that and he says how poorly he eats and and joe rogan is really questioning about him about that do you take care of your immune system in other ways? Do you take probiotics? Are you cautious about your diet? Um, I'm not as cautious about my diet as I should be. I'm a junk foodaholic, uh, actually. Well, that seems mm-hmm. like a terrible thing for your health. It, it is a terrible thing for my health and something my wife is uh, working on. But that seems basis. ridiculous for someone who works with health. Yeah. Yeah. What's Somet- going on with so- you, man? Sometimes, man, I just don't Sometimes. get it right. <laughs> How often? What? How often? How often do I steal a bag of chips or something like that? How often like do you that? eat garbage? Uh, I don't day? know. No, no, hopefully not every day. But you know, hopefully so, not every day. Yeah, maybe a couple of times a week. Oh, know. that's with with Rachel, my uh, my daughter with autism. That's like our thing is to go to the uh, it's called the burger joint or to um, Shake Shack to get mm-hmm. a to get a cheeseburger. We'll sneak, sneak some fries. So. Mm. So you live in large, we call it. Like that mouth pleasure so much, you're willing to sacrifice a little bit. I of am. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I can, I have to concede that's the case. Well, there's, uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but there's a, a large body of data that connects poor diet to a host of diseases. Mm-hmm. That seems like a t- crazy decision for a guy in your line of work. There you go. Sometimes the. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes the it's not all brain. It's uh, it, it's something else. But I mean, if you ate healthy food, I mean, you, the thing is, your body starts craving healthy food. You start feeling yeah, no, no question, results. no question about it. Do you take vitamins? I don't take vitamins. Really? Yeah. I don't wow. So this is a do as I say, not as I do situation, right? With this guy. Which happens a lot. And you look at, uh, now look, at least this guy went on with Rogan, right? He's not going to go on with Robert Kennedy, but he went on with with Rogan. Compare and contrast it, though. How many times have we seen that here? Just last week, my little misfortunate interaction with underachieving state rep J.D. Prescott, who's a big tough guy on his social media page about how great the the Republicans are and how, oh, the gas tax, uh, that's fine, and uh, doing nothing on property taxes, oh, and we're tax cutters, this and that. And then when you say, all right, big tough guy, Bring why don't it. you step out? Because mm-hmm. you're clearly, we are, we are having an interaction. You and I are having an interaction here. You clearly see these posts. Why don't you step out from behind your keyboard or seven people who follow your page are seeing this? Why don't you come on this radio show where tens of thousands of people will hear it and you can say the same thing that you're saying behind your keyboard. But if it's actually true, why wouldn't you want all of these people to hear how great the Republicans are doing? 
and then you just get radio silence, and he absolutely will not respond now. Why is that? I mean, what, he, he'll put it out on social media, which is global, but yet he won't come on WIBC. It's the same reason. Doesn't like the sound of his voice? No, it's the same reason Lucas wouldn't do it. It's the same reason the Tesla guy wouldn't do it. It's the same reason Holcomb wouldn't do it. Because it's actually indefensible when you have a human pushing back against mm-hmm. you. When you have a human actually relaying the factual information of what you're doing and then tell me this is okay. See with the gas tax the well the way they'll do it is they'll go, "Oh, well, you know, it's a it's a one it's a one penny increase, a user fee." Yeah, it's 90 million dollars over 3 years. Well, you're just but, but, but yeah, it's 90 million dollars. You want to you want to say it's a penny, it's a one penny increase user fee whatever. It's 90 million dollars. You're taking 90 million dollars from somebody. Well, we cut the property tax. No, property taxes for most people went up 3, 4, 500 dollars. You giving us 100 dollars back, we're still paying 400 dollars more. Mm-hmm. These people are used to people kissing their backside. They're used to people, people like JD Prescott and Jim Lucas and Tesla and the rest of these guys are used to people going, well, right this way, Mr. Representative. Oh, we're so glad you're at our ribbon cutting, sir. What cutting line we, at the blood we, drive. We, we, sure, exactly. And so when a human being pushes back on them, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's kind of the same thing with this guy, right? I mean, credit, at least he's there. Yeah. But look at how poor he looks. I'm Mr. Vaccine Man. Mm-hmm. Everything should do, do exactly as I say. Robble, 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 robble. Yeah, but dude, look at your own personal health choices here. Right. You're not exactly Arnold Schwarzenegger circa 1976. Yeah, you know, I really just, uh, you know, I just let myself go on my food choices. Nothing wrong with that unless you're saying, well, everybody should get this vaccine and that vaccine and blah, 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 blah. And because you're preaching health and health and I'm going to go have a big fat cheeseburger, which is the opposite of being healthy. Well, right. And again, uh, guilty as charged. I eat like crap. I'm also not out forcing things on people that are experimental and saying they should, you know, as Joe Biden did, they should lose their job if they don't get the vaccine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 22 minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and trending this hour, Mick Jagger and his girlfriend have put their Florida home up for sale. The listing on Realtor.com says the lakefront home with four bedrooms and five and a half baths is listed for three and a half million dollars. And it does look like that Jagger's connection is one of the key selling points because he's saying, hey, this is Mick Jagger's home. You could own my home. Okay, so and where is it at again? Realtor.com. No, but I mean, where where is the location? Oh, it's in Florida. Florida. Mm -hmm. And I was, okay, so I was going to say, it seems a couple of things stand out to me. One, it is in Florida, so it's not like Los Angeles. That's why the, the real estate, I mean, the real estate alone would probably be worth that in Los Angeles. But, um, that seems like kind of a small... This can't be his primary residence. No, I would there's think no, this is one of many. There's no, like, a bungalow when a, he's playing in Miami or something. Because yeah, no, what did you, you say? Four-bedroom? Four-bedroom, five-and-a-half bath. It's listed for $3.5 million. It does have a heated saltwater pool, three balconies, a bell tower. Oh. Uh, they say top-quality kitchen appliances, remote-controlled window <laughs> treatments, and a large media room with a wet bar. Top-quality kitchen appliances. Right. Now... He, he's got a wolf oven or something. Well, so here's, okay, so my question on this is, and I will ask this, I see this a lot in these larger homes. Why do you need more bathrooms than (laughs) Than bedrooms? Yeah, why would, there has to be a reason for Mm -hmm. this, because you see this, and it seems to be in 
larger homes yeah. where you will see more bathrooms than bedrooms. Then what is the reason for that? Okay, well, if you're going to do a bathroom for every bedroom, that would be four bathrooms. And then I'm sure he's got a half bath that somewhere around the kitchen area that the guests would use. And then I'm guessing, I don't know, I've not been to Mick Jagger's place, yes. but there's a large media room in uh-huh. the basement. Oh. Probably a bathroom down because, you know, you can't do the stairs. Yeah, no, when you got to go, it needs to be close So, like, if you're, if you're up in the dining room and you got to use the can, Jagger doesn't want you using one of his bedroom cans. Right. He's got to have a little half bath right, there. Right, exactly. You know, you're, you're dropping a deuce there in Mick Jagger's second uh, mm-hmm. side of the half bath there. Um... Okay, do you get to hang out with Mick Jagger as part of this? No, I don't believe so. Maybe at the closing? I doubt it. You get to hang out with his realtor. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, like every house I've ever been a part of purchasing, all two of them, there mm-hmm. was, uh, you you uh, met at the closing, and mm-hmm. when you're selling a Did house- they give you so, the keys? Yeah, everybody signs the papers mm-hmm. together. We all witness each other signing. Yep. Do you get to do that? Say, so I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to pay this lofty price for this house and all its bathrooms, and- my only insistence, because, you know, you get to make demands when you buy a house, sure. is Mick Jagger has to show up to this selling <laughs> or closing or whatever it's called and sign these papers That's with me. That's part of the deal. Hey, did you hear about Ke- this? Wait, real quick. Yeah. Kev, would you be willing to live in the bell tower if we bought this place? Yeah, I would, I would go in on that. <laughs> I could probably fit my drums up there. Kev, sure. could, Kev could be our Cato Kalen, except in the, instead of the gas house, he lives in the bell tower. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you going to contribute to the three and a half million? We know what he's making. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I can, I can handle it. Trust me. <laughs> Did you hear about how Spotify and the Sussexes are over? Do you remember uh, Megan? The who's and the what? The Sussexes, that the Harry and Megan. Oh, that's their name, isn't it? Yeah, the Sussexes. Yes. And you know how she did that podcast? Oh, that's right. And it was highly rated yes. once. Yes. And Could then you... she did 12 more. And then people finally realized how stupid these people actually are. <laughs> well, they uh, released a joint, a joint statement oh. saying that they've mutually agreed to part ways. <laughs> and that they're proud of the series they made together. Oh, all 12 of them? So it's over. So, they did, so let me make sure I understand this. They did a podcast. It wasn't like a video. It wasn't like a TV show. This was the thing on Spotify, right? Yeah, yeah. It was so a they did a podcast mm-hmm. where so, which is the equivalent of you and I doing a radio show, which we do every day. Mm-hmm. They did twelve of them, correct? And they're tapping Done. out. Yeah, they or, could not last a week because we do at least fifteen hours yeah. every week. And the the podcast was one hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they did twelve. Not not all in a week. Like this is spread <laughs> out over months. <laughs> Grifters? That's good stuff. Grifters much? I like that. Maybe that's that, great. if they would have named it We're the Grifters, the it would Grifters. have been more yeah. popular. I'm surprised. What, what was it called? We Are the Sussexes? <laughs> if that was the name of it? it was- hey, we're the Sussexes. And we're sus- sus- Sussexes around. Sure. <laughs> they got their own jingle. 1127 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Old man, look at my life. <laughs> and so it's 11.33. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We got to explain this. So during the break, Last segment, we did the story about Mick Jagger's house being for sale. Yeah. And Kevin and I were just shooting the breeze over here about different 
artists, not many of them left anymore, but those that are, the famous rock stars of the 60s and 70s, who would be cool to hang out with. Yeah. And we had said we think Mick Jagger would kind of be an okay guy to hang out with. Like that, there's that famous photo recently of him. He's at some concert. I think it was in Tennessee. And he just goes to some towny bar and no one even recognizes him. And he's just sitting there by him. By yeah. himself. Yeah, at the corner of the bar, yeah, just not, having a bath. Not wanting any special treatment or yeah. any, anything. And I said, okay, if you could figure out a way to hang out with Mick Jagger at his house, mm-hmm. that might be kind of kind of cool. And he'd be a regular dude and, you know, would probably at least pretend to care about what you have to say and then would shoo you on your merry way. Yeah, by my house. Thanks. And, and then we started talking about people who would be just a absolutely horrific to have to hang out with. <laughs> Neil Young. And to me, Neil Young has to be number one on the list. Really? Neil Young is the sort of <laughs> you, guy. Be whiny. Oh my gosh. I mean, every interview I've ever seen. I saw him do an interview years ago with Conan O'Brien. This must have been almost 20 years ago now. And Conan O'Brien was this colossal Neil Young fan. And so he's not even, you know, he's not even interviewing the guy. It's just like he, he's just Chris Farley mm-hmm. with Paul McCartney, right? And and it's a huge deal for Conan O'Brien. And Neil Young is just the most just cantankerous, boring. Mm-hmm. Like he just looks like he's just just doesn't want to be there. Misery to be there. There's this very famous person who's achieved immense success and he's telling you, oh my gosh, you know, you're this huge influence on me, whatever. And just nothing. Yeah. And I told Kev, I said, Neil Young is the sort of guy who you could pay like seven grand for a meet and greet and he would tell you to hurry up because he has other <laughs> other things to do. And you could tell him, oh my gosh, old man, what a great song. Oh, that changed my relationship with my dad because I made me think about all the things he went through and and Neil Young would look at you and go, dude, that was like 50 years ago. He would be yeah. dismissive. Yeah, he would say, he'd say, is that it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. just Are put a done? bunch of words down on the page, man. Come on, let's move along, man. As he's looking out, down at his watch, <laughs> well, don't meet your heroes. Hey, you know what? I could tell you the same exact thing happened to me with a Indiana icon. Really? Mm. Well, I know who that was. Was he the guy we were naming earlier? <laughs> Whose name rhymes with Schmellenkamp? Yes. <laughs> Wasn't good, huh? <laughs> Same thing. Looking at his watch. Rather get out of there. Now, did they do the meet and greet before the show or after the show? I, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think that was after the show. Yeah, I yeah. think, uh, yeah. And that's what was surprising to me because usually they kind of do it before the show. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, doors are going to open at seven. The VIPs, right. who, you know. Now I'm sure you're, you were probably there because you were media or yeah. whatever. But we're going to, uh, between 6 and 6.30, you know, John Mellencamp will be meeting his favorite fans. Uh, that I understand because they're under a time crunch, so they got to get on stage. But, but the, where are they going to go? Well, the They worst, can't go. You, they, you could spend two hours, Casey. It doesn't matter. They can't start the concert without you. You are John Mellencamp. That's true. <laughs> the worst part about it was there was somebody there who was taking the official photo. Yeah. Blurry. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that... Amazing though, and we have talked about this with Mellencamp, or at least I have for years. I think John Mellencamp, I struggle with him because his songwriting is so compelling, and not in the sense of he has super deep songs, but he has these just like one or two lines in every song that are yeah, just that you connect with. They're spellbindingly. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. you know I, what? You know the uh, what's the pink houses where you know when you're younger they said, "Boy, you're going to be the president," but just like everything else, those old crazy dreams just kind of came, came and went. went. I mean, just like every great Mellencamp song has one or two lines where you're like, "This guy, you would think, would be the most sentimental," you know, just cherish every person he comes in contact with, 
And yet, by all accounts, the guy is just just, just an insufferable human being to to be around. So anyway, that's why I was laughing at Kev playing He can make that up to me at any moment. He can just come right up here to the WIBC studios, and we can retake that blurry photo, and all will be forgiven. Well, I told you, you know, I met Bruce Springsteen and got to spend a minute with him, and it was like... uh, it was like in the scene in A Christmas Story where he goes to meet Santa, and eventually Santa gets tired of him and <laughs> puts just his puts his boot on his forehead, shoves him right down the you, slide. You remember when you wrote Born to Run? Yeah, man, that's uh, that's why I'm here today, and that's why I'm worth a gajillion dollars, uh-huh. and that's why you're in line. Did he give you a nice pat on the back as he pushed you away? <laughs> you're like Chris Farley when he met uh, Paul McCartney. You remember? You remember that one time when you sang that song? Yeah. Who's yeah, the most? I was fa- there. Have I you, remember. Who's it. the most famous person you've ever met? Me. Yeah. Not, oh. not maybe the person you. I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase like, it. Who's the person you've most look forward to meeting, or that you got to meet that you most? Kind I of, think the most famous person I met was probably Muhammad Ali. Okay. If you're talking, but were you? Because you were in media, but I'm saying like, is there someone you met who you said, "Oh my gosh, I know I'm about to do this or whatever," mm-hmm. and I just am really excited to be able to to do this. Well, I was excited to meet John Mellencamp. It didn't turn out. Okay, the way. great example. Mm-hmm. What a crushing thing, yeah, yeah. right? Kev, have you ever met somebody? Now you're an oddball, so you're going to name some German composer that had two <laughs> two songs in the '80s, probably. Right. But have you ever? Is there somebody you ever were really looking forward to, to meeting that you knew you were going to meet? I did kind of meet Peyton Manning at the uh, Colts training camp. And how was it? He was just signing autographs. He's probably a normal dude, wasn't he? he? Yeah. Well, he said he said I'm going to do one more autograph, and there's tons of people waving their uh, yeah memorabilia in the air, and I had a helmet. And he grabbed my helmet and signed it and then just walked off. Did you tell him, what the heck is this two Kevin crap? I can't sell this on eBay now. Well, yeah, he didn't even ask. I, <laughs> right, like, I, heard, I just wanted your autograph. I really hardly even met him. I didn't it. even really meet him, yeah. but he signed my helmet. And Isn't it weird? Cool. I've always thought this. So when I met Springsteen, it was at a book signing. And I love the way they did this. This was awesome. Normally with a book signing, like you're in line and then you wrap around and there's this big thing and they're signing the book. And then they'll say hi to you while they're signing. And then they'll ask you, you know, do you want it personalized to anyone? And then you just go on your your merry way. The way they did the Springsteen book signing, and I thought this was so great, was they said, look, he's going to pre-sign when he gets here. I think they, were, they drew 200 people. It was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You, had to, you won the lucky gold wristband. And you knew in advance. They called you. You've won. Here's the price to the mission, blah, blah, blah. And so he gets there, and he signs 200 books. And then they have a line for the photos. So they said instead of him si- spending all the time signing books, he's going to pre-sign these books, yeah. and then he's going to spend an, one minute with every single person, all 200 of you, and there's going to be a line, and there's going to be a drawing, and we're going to give you a number, and then you're going to base that numbers when you'll you'll get to get in there and meet him. So I could see him like all the way down the hall. I was in the middle of the pack, I think. And so you could see him and that it was like, I was so nervous. Like, what am I going to say? What what can I say that he hasn't heard before? Hey man, the river was great. (laughs) You ever heard that before? And so like you're seeing your, your hero from a distance and you keep inching closer to him. You're getting more nervous and you're sweating more and more. By the time you get there, you're a, you're a mess. Yeah. And uh, the whole time you're thinking right before I get there, there's just going to be something that's going to happen and they're going to cut it off and I'm not ever going to get this. See, I never got, I I never got nervous with any of the musicians or any of the famous people that I ever met because I, I just felt like that would make them shut down if you just fanboyed and became super fan. And some of the best interactions that I had were just normal conversations. Like when I met Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20, I just talked about his shoes and he was excited yeah. because they were brand new. But that's his media, right? You were doing that as media. Yeah. Yeah, true. So I'm, I, like I wasn't going as media. I'm not, I was like, I'm going to say, 
I like you so much, I would eventually name, I, I did, I, I already had him, I named my dog after you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the sort of fanboy experience. And my question was that you have one minute, and my biggest fear, because they had to take the photo for you, was that the guy was going to get the blurry photo. Right, which and, I got with Nelly Cam. And my buddy Jerry, who mm-hmm. got me the golden ticket, was there with me. And the whole time, I'm sitting there asking him, how should we have him do this photo? Because what if it's blurry? And he said, have him do, there's the thing on the iPhone where you click it and it'll take like 40 pictures at once. And he's like, that way you'll get at least one that won't be blurry. Yeah. And you, the whole time I'm just nervous, like, and then finally you get your phone and it's a good photo. Oh, thank you. It's not blurry. Because that's, that is. That's such a terrible that's experience. One, one we can use over and over again. <laughs> At the time, Bruce Springsteen told me to get lost. Mm-hmm. I need to see that photo. you never seen that? I don't think I oh, have. Oh, I'll show it to you, Kev. I'll send it to you. Do you want it in uh, triplicate? or? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I want He's to very it proud out. of this. Very proud of this. I bet. It is 1142. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about this. This Greenfield police officer was arrested in Fishers. This happened on Sunday morning, uh, not driving a squad car. Uh, she was actually off duty, but she has been placed on administrative leave until an internal investigation has been completed. And then you also have this story of the West Virginia coach, Bob Huggins, who stepped down just hours after his DUI arrest. He said, I must do better. Okay, so Bob Huggins, co- legendary coach from West Virginia, uh, pretty obvious. Now, he had a previous DUI years ago that he had pled guilty to t- about 20 years ago, uh, and he had just gotten into, interesting, he had just gotten in some hot water for some statements that he had uh, made. A homophobic slur. Yeah, and uh, and so he was on thin ice, mm-hmm. but then he gets this DUI, and, well, he's charged with DUI, he hasn't been convicted yet, if you've seen the report. I think we can safely assume. Oh, what it was like he blew like a two point something. Yeah, point two one or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount. But we'll use the term alleged because mm-hmm. he hasn't pled guilty or been charged or uh, convicted in a court of law yet. And what's he do? He says, "I'm not going to bring shame to this university. I've clearly I was in a position of power. I've now on multiple occasions made the keyword there being multiple occasions made terrible choices in judgment. I'm out. This green green field, right? Was mm-hmm. it green field or greenwood? It's green, green field, field. Green field. She is also charged with DUI, correct? Mm-hmm. And she is on administrative on administrative leave. leave. Now, let's compare and contrast that because we just had a state rep here who, there's no doubt about it, he admitted he did it. Not only does he does he get convicted of driving under the influence by his guilty plea, he also admits he fled the scene of the accident. Mm-hmm. And yet, nothing is going to happen to him. He's still calling it a hiccup. He went on Hammer and Nigel, said, I'm going to keep drinking. He went on Hammer and Nigel and lied that he was trying to hide the car. And yet, this Greenfield police officer, because the Indiana Republicans aren't doing anything to Jim Lucas. Now, they can't kick him out of office, but they could censure him. They could make his life hell. They could condemn the behavior. They could say, we're not going to tolerate this. Because just like Bob Huggins, now Huggins was a homophobic slur, which Jim Lucas has not done. But he took his social media down over racially insensitive memes. And then when he got back, he ended up having to go to the Holocaust Museum Mm -hmm. in Terre Haute for insensitive things that he had said. So... Just look at the difference here where this guy who's the state rep comes out and says, I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to keep drinking versus this poor Greenfield police officer. I say poor. I mean, clearly, if she did this, this is egregious behavior. But 
Think about how the the difference mm-hmm. in 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 the way these things are handled. Yes, you've got you've got one who's on administrative leave. You've got this coach who says, "I must do better," taking complete ownership of this. And meanwhile, the state rep is uh, they're they're going to look into it. Yeah, and nothing. See, see what's going on. The and, only people and he's calling his mistake his huge mistake. A hiccup. And think about if you're Todd Houston and you are now invested in keeping Jim Lucas in there because Jim, the past couple of years, since he did the racially insensitive meme, got the message from Todd that as long as I am a party stooge, and look, again, I'm talking about Jim's voting record, and Jim has been a reliable party stooge and on the tax increases, the spending, all of that stuff the past several years. And you will be protected. And what has Todd Houston effectively done? He deflected it until Jim could get a guilty plea in. Now it's out of the media. Jim learned his lesson from making an idiot out of himself on Hammer and Nigel, which is why he declined to go on Abdul after already agreeing to go on with Abdul. And now they'll just be quiet, and Rob and Casey will be the only people that keep talking about this. And by next session, it'll be old news, and Jim will be a continued reliable vote for all the government spending, all the tax increases, all the stuff the Republicans keep doing. And they'll just bank on it going away yeah but that's why we're here but we, we don't a reminder we, we, yeah we're gonna remind people mm-hmm. we're gonna remind people but we don't have any power over anyone casey the no. greenfield police officer is being treated much more sternly than the state rep is by by the people their colleagues and employer it is 11 46 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Eleven forty-nine. it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. President Biden's White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, she declared herself to be a historic figure. This happened on Saturday. She's barely been in the cabinet for one year. She made the comments while she was appearing on uh, The Griot. She had an interview. She compared herself and the, uh, the Biden administration to U.S. historical figures. A year in this role, there's been a couple of things that I that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure, and I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic making administration because of this president. She is a historic figure. You heard her say it. She is. And this is someone who thinks that she's bigger than the job she has. It's just, it's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the the ego and the, um, you know, just the, just, just the self, self-righteousness. I don't even know if that's the word, the self, self-inflation. Self-importance. You answer questions poorly about some other person. <laughs> that's your job. Right. She, you're right. She does answer them poorly. That's the, that is the job of a press secretary. You answer questions, in her case, poorly about some other person. Isn't it up to history and other people to determine who historical figures are? I mean, that's like, you know, Rob, I'm a very important person. I'm a historic figure. <laughs> okay. What do you do? Well, I talk. Okay. Great. Yeah, well, right. And it's... it's the. The sad, it's sad, but I'll also use the word funny thing about this is 
these there are real people in the world on what I pretend to be on this radio show each day. Like there are people who are serious about building statues to themselves and naming streets after themselves and believe that they have. I tweeted this over the weekend that there is absolutely nothing, 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 nothing noble about the government. I see all the people all the time talking about, we did this and we did that. No, the taxpayers did this and the taxpayers did that. There's nothing good about government. There's nothing good about government. All government does, government is Pac-Man. It lives to eat and keep eating. It (laughs) takes other people's stuff through threat of force and then does something else with it. That's all the government is. That's all the school systems are. That's all the, the, the cities are. That's all the towns are. Now, look, you can say some of the stuff is better than others. There's certainly merits to a very strong public education system. Obviously, many of us believe that is a failure by many of them. Many of them are failing. But if it's done well, there's merit to it. But you didn't do it. We did it, Casey. Mm -hmm. The taxpayers did it. I am so sick of government people patting themselves on the back, wanting to throw themselves parades, talking about the things they accomplished. You didn't accomplish anything. The taxpayers and their money accomplished it. You know what? This is just like Jim Lucas. He's going to have to pay that $4,000 fine for ruining that barricade. But guess where he's getting his money? Us! From us. Really, we're paying for it. Uh, Look, the government, the, the society is so broken at this point, Casey. Society is so terribly broken. And you ever see, you ever see Ghostbusters 2? I don't know if I have. It's been a while. I know I've seen one. Well, okay. So in the second Ghostbusters, there's this slime that forms under New York City and mm-hmm. it takes over New York City and it is rooted in the evil of humanity that is what the slime feeds off of. And at the very end, it covers... The, I think it's the New York, the art museum in New York and the Ghostbusters are trying to get through it and they can't get through it. And finally, they just look around and, and one of them, I think it's Dan Aykroyd, goes, this, this city just doesn't have the will to fight anymore. <laughs> and that's where we are now, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the slime is the government. The slime is what the government has done to all of us. And I look around and I think, man, we as a collective, we're just too weak to fight anymore because it doesn't seem like there's many patriots who want to join in arms anymore and, and fix this thing. It just seems like people are so apathetic to it all. Well, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, the taxes are high. Yeah, well, you know, that's just the way it is. Oh, you mean the politicians are corrupt? Oh, well, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. Like, there's just, people are just, it is what it is. That's the way I feel many women feel about the trans and sports. Because you ask all the time, where are the feminists? Where are you fighting? Why aren't you speaking up? And I feel like a lot of women are like, well, you know, we're done fighting. How, how many times can we fight? In, eventually it does wear you down yeah. and you just give up it is 11:54. it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc before we get out of here let's talk about that fishing team did you see this thing the fishing team this fishing team reeled in a massive 619 pound blue marlin what? this was a competition in north carolina they were they were just about to win three and a half million dollars the prize money yeah. but then they got disqualified because the fish the blue marlin had been mutilated by sharks Oh. And the competition rules stipulate that the fish will be disqualified if it's mutilated before landing or boating caused by sharks, other fish, mammals, or propellers. When I was an elected official, there was a high-ranking other, he was an appointed official, but he was a very high-ranking individual who was super into fishing. Mm-hmm. And I used to dread having to talk to this guy because every conversation involved fishing. Like, it was just no sense of, 
the guy I'm talking to knows nothing about fishing, nor does he care at all about fishing. <laughs> you can't tell by the look I, on my like, face. Like it was not, hey, how about I'm those, not into this. Hey, how about those colts? There was never a point of commonality, right? Because it was he was interested in fishing. Mm-hmm. But one of the things in one of the nine million laborious and boring stories he told me about fishing <laughs> was how prevalent cheating actually is in competitive fishing. Well, that's what I, okay, this is like the third big controversial fishing tournament story. Remember how they put the weights in the fish? Yes. Professional fishing having its moment. Yeah, apparently you had to, all these other fishers had to watch the other fishers like hawks because there was cheating in fishing. Yes. And they were all talking about fishing, and I didn't care at all. Hey, tomorrow, Mike Penn's story. You're going to want to join us for that. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.